Hey everyone, it's Ryan. Uh, I'm joined, as usual, by Alan. Hi. And Katie. Howdy. Uh, and just we just wanted to take a few minutes and talk about uh, some of the stuff that has happened uh, over the past few days. Um, obviously, the attack at uh, Pulse nightclub in Orlando uh, and the the effects of that event um, is something that has affected us uh, on personal levels. Um, so I uh, just wanted to acknowledge that. I know that it's been hard for all of us here um, as people fight on Facebook and do re- say really horrible things. Uh, so I don't know. What do you guys do you guys have anything to say about this? For someone to take other people's lives like that and for it to be so targeted at queer folk is both a personal offense to the people that I surround myself with and my own sensibilities on a fundamental level. Like to just be okay with hurting people feels like you are sacrificing humanity. Um, and I just, I can't. Like the last couple of days have just been like this coming to the acceptance that there are things out there. There are people out there who don't want uh, my friends and the people that I care about to exist. And I think it's really important that we come together in times like this. I think it's essential that we uh, signal boost the people who are affected and who feel afraid and harmed. Um, and I just I want to know that anybody who, who needs to talk or wants to be listened to um you have a voice and uh we want this show to be a safe comfortable space for you to to hear those thoughts and to and to be able to respond and kind of create a dialogue because Mm -hmm. we are better than this and there is a comfort in a routine and that's why we did an episode today and i think that we are going to move on as a people but this is a horrible horrible thing that happened and i am still to this day like it's hard for me to compartmentalize it completely yeah for me it's been like you know a tough couple of days because as somebody who is not cis and not straight it's i don't know um really scary uh, because I'm a relatively, um, open individual when it comes to, like, my sexuality and my gender because, I don't know, um, I guess I've never really felt the need to, like, have the trappings of an official, like, coming out. I've just kind of always been that way. Um, even though that's, you know, I live in the South and it's kind of a dangerous thing to do here, but, um, I've never really, I guess, understood the fact that those dangers are real um, and that people can very much be hurt for being the way that we are. And, you know, my roommate and I, um, like when we found out, basically we just spent a few hours sitting in the same room crying and ranting about how, our culture basically has bred and nurtured even this sort of hate um, and the fact that, that you know, they, 
people arguing on Facebook saying like, oh, this is no reason to take away my guns as if, you know, weaponry is more important than real human lives and stuff like that. And this is, I mean, personally for me, it's kind of kickstarted, um, I guess, this drive to get involved in real activism and to, you know, uh, contact lawmakers and um, I guess like raise awareness and push for legislation. Um, so I've actually joined like groups and stuff for um, like gun laws and things like that. And I don't know, it's just like we're safe anymore because like not schools, not malls, not nightclubs, like where where is a safe space supposed to be then where am i like not going to be afraid and like why is this a legitimate fear today when like other countries don't have this fear and just i don't know it's just like when like the bottom line for me is like when are we going to put real human lives above a amendment written like hundreds of years ago by racists so (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a hard uh, few days. Um, there was Orlando, and I know our friend Jackson has had some like terrible shit happen to them as well. Um, and if you've been following the news, just like every day seems like there's some other fucking shitty thing happening. Um, and uh, it's hard for me to not feel hopeless uh, this week just because of all that stuff. Um, but, uh, it really made me appreciate, uh, everybody in my life more. Like, I love you guys. I love doing this podcast. I love people who listen to this and even those who don't, who are just like friends on Twitter and whatever. Um, I, I'm just really appreciative of everybody, uh, who has been friends with me, no matter how recent, no matter, uh, how long they've known me, I'm thankful for everybody so uh that's all i have to say uh when we do a podcast yeah all right (laughs) let's make it positive in here Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fireside Friends. This is episode 10. Uh, let's be positive a little bit. Uh, I saw uh, Pee-wee's Big Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Let me back up. I put out a call on Twitter for uh, LGBT films that were not depressing and in, and in dying. And uh, world-famous YouTuber uh, Shannon Strusey, uh retweeted that. And we got a lot of responses as a result. So thank you to everybody who responded. Uh, but Shannon recommended Pee-Way's Big Holiday. And y'all, <laughs> movie. if you want to see a movie in which two dudes uh, 
relentlessly care about each other and just are into each other without people judging it or caring really at all uh this movie is for you it is so adorable um the whole premise is just like uh peewee is this like man child and everybody is growing up and moving on so what is he going to do and then in comes uh joe manganello playing himself uh as the kind of love interest it's not fully explicit but they're they're gay they're totally (laughs) queer like it's so great it's so uh adorable it's not perfect by any means uh there are some jokes uh in the middle that i didn't particularly care for some bits that can are kind of gross when you think about them but uh as a premise of just like peewee is in love with someone who's just like him and that person happens to be a dude and they're just just naively playfully into each other uh without it being like a huge thing like a huge just like controversy it's just accepted as like they're really good friends and they really like each other uh that made me really happy so you should you guys should watch that movie it's really good i love it sounds like a it. Lot. yeah uh, I have seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I saw it a couple of years ago um, on the recommendations of a lot of people. And I was like, yeah, this is fine. Like, I get it. But I think the thing, Ryan and I were discussing this a while ago, but like the thing with the character of Pee-wee is like, it appeals to people depending on how and why they watch it and watch it, the show or the movies and like the context in which they're watching it. Because if you're super young and you watch, you know, Pee-wee, the TV show, uh, that is super resonant for you and those characters and all in that world is like, oh, you know, this is my nostalgia um, for those people. And then you look at it now and you if you don't have that nostalgia, it's very bizarre and not all the humor lands, like you said. Um, and then Big Adventure is obviously like prescient for people who grew up in the 80s and 90s. And that's like the movie that they saw that made them laugh. And people still quote it in a lot of ways, like the paging Mr. Herman, of course, is a big one. Uh, and so it's really nice to see that they were able to do another one that still has the like, this is for this is for someone. It's for someone who wants a a nice uh, relationship between two men that can that is just like positive and and doesn't try to like put a message anywhere. It's, it just exists in a really nice and and realistic way. And I think that's like super smart of them to kind. Of, it's like the most I guess best way to modernize that uh, whole like Pee Wee universe. I don't think it's realistic. I mean, <laughs> uh, I don't want to jump the gun on talking about our shared experience. I didn't mean to announce the wow, look at me as a host. I'm messing up. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Carol for segment two, um, but not. I don't want to jump the gun on it. But like Carol is definitely a movie about the conflict of being in a gay relationship, especially uh, that movie takes place in the 50s. Uh, so it kind of has to be about that. But Pee Wee's... Uh, big holiday. I keep meaning to say like, I, like, yeah, but it's not in the name of the movie. Um, but that movie, uh, is just like no, there's no conflict here. They're just, they're just a thing, and it's great. Dudes That's being something. bros. <laughs> Dudes being bros, broing out. That's something to strive for, though. I think that's like a kind of relationship that you want to see in film more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dudes being bros and and having it be okay if it's a little queer, you know? 
they're not even bros. Like this movie doesn't give a shit about masculinity. <laughs> right. It's great. Wow. It's so good. They bond over root beer barrels. Oh, I love those. <laughs> so this is the kind of movie that says it's great. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite scene? Oh boy, there, <laughs> there <laughs> are. So the whole thing is like Joe has a party in New York, mm-hmm. um, and so Pee Wee is like making a cross country trip over there, Aww. and he finds himself in various weird situations um but the, sometimes there's dream sequences where they're both on horseback and they're speaking in spanish uh. like proclaiming their love to each other <laughs> <laughs> it's great i love it's great i love it see that's nice to hear because i always associated peewee as something from my childhood because like I don't know, not only were the movies and stuff that I was familiar with, like from when I was way younger, but back when I did martial arts, my coach even called, or coach sensei, whatever, um, he called me, pee- he called me Pee-wee. Hey. Sorry, I love how you tried to get the, <laughs> the correct name there. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because I've been in gymnastics for way longer than martial arts and we call everybody a coach there. And then yeah. like, it, it. It'd be like that sometimes. Right, right, right. <laughs> I want to watch this now. You want? Let's end this call this episode and just yeah, go watch these. We call it. Bye. We're done. <laughs> See you Bye, later. Good night. Take care of yourself. That's the podcast. Um, stay yeah. safe out there and don't forget to take care of yourself. There you go. Good job. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> uh. Katie, do you want to talk about anime? Yes, sure. Yes. I will definitely talk about anime. So, this week, in the theme of positivity, I decided to watch a comedy anime. Um, and so I watched Haven't You Heard? I'm Sakamoto. And it is an anime that is being produced by Studio Dean. And it's um really interesting. Um, so basically, it's about this guy, Sakamoto, and he's really cool, like super cool. Even in the opening, it's like cool, cooler, coolest, and you know all him. And he's you know he's really cute, and he does all this neat stuff, and it's like he's superhuman and. Whatever. I haven't actually finished the show yet. So I don't know if he's superhuman or not, but he's definitely strange and everybody loves him. Um, I don't know if any of you have seen JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but it's like JoJo's, but with a slice of life. Everything is like intensity to the max. It's got like a very similar art style, in my opinion. Um, it's kind of like this weird, like hyper masculine style for everybody else except for Sakamoto because he's really like lean and I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's so ridiculous. Like, you know, everybody's loud. Um, even though it's a slice of life, this dude has like special moves that he uses that it's like the traditional like 
action pose where he goes like special move and then says you know whatever it is and then it's got like the freeze frame and then the intense colors and then the text on the screen that says like what it is and stuff and you know all he's doing is like taking a bee out of a classroom Hmm. working at a fast food place um and it's it's really interesting because in the format it's like two episodes in each episode kind of like how I imagine cartoons in the West, right? Right. SpongeBob, Your Fairly Odd Parents, all of that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. It follows that, that same formula. So I thought that was really neat because that's something I haven't seen since I was younger um, and watching cartoons from here. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know because you know how I always talk about palettes and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. It doesn't Palette really. Watch 2016. I don't know. It's it's got definite. It's it's. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like Sakamoto is different from everyone else, and he's more like pastel and like dark and like tall and lanky, and everyone else is like big and bright and neon and, you know, uh, just very loud, um, visually, and it's really funny to watch i'm gonna be honest um it's kind of like you know the same thing every episode so you kind of know what to expect um but it is genuinely funny for me and then you know at at times they'll break the fourth wall um and you know it's just it's crazy to see so much adventure and so much intensity and like the oh and you know, it's just a slice of life. They're just doing normal things. Um, and one thing I like is in the first episode, the like half one is called Be Quiet. So this guy tries to like gain more popularity by defaming Sakamoto. Um, and like a hornet invades the classroom and the guy tries to attack the hornet, right? And the teacher, like everybody freaks out. The girls all run out of the classroom and the guys all stay in because I don't know why. And then the teacher is like, take off your clothes if you're not ashamed because like the hornet goes after black and everybody's wearing black. And so like wow. everybody's wow. on the floor like trembling and Sakamoto's just sitting in his seat finishing the math problem. And Sarah like... That's the guy who's trying to defame him is trying to fight the Hornet. And, you know, he's in his like bee colored underwear and just (laughs) Sakamoto just basically like uses his compass, like his math instrument to like sword fight the bee. And then this movie sounds like my parents making an anime. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Right. It's just absolutely ridiculous. mom dad what do you think anime is this is it (laughs) i mean there you go but the bee gets released and sarah is like he cracks some joke and he's like you know what maybe i'll just be a comedian and from then on every time he's in the show he's just in his bee colored underwear not wearing his like school uniform or anything like that and he says really ridiculous stuff and i'm like nice nice got some continuity going on here that sounds ridiculous. And it's like that for every single episode, like in every moment of the episode. And it's like, I don't know, pretty refreshing, pretty nice. I haven't watched an anime like this in the past. Um, so it's been an experience. <laughs> wow. 
the arc of anime as a genre is so fascinating to me because it's existed for like compared to the history of all visual mediums like very very short amount of time uh but it just started out as like we're gonna do a robot show and this is astro boy and he's a boy but he also is a robot and (laughs) and then it got like a little bit subversive and then like evangelion came out and it got really subversive uh and then it's just the 90s were like some sort of like resurgence of the old stuff and then now it's just like we've we've looped around and we're going all the way subversive again and it's just like anime anime has collapsed on itself and is a not a parody but like has become this new thing every every anime that we discuss on this show is just like this doesn't sound standard at all there's no such thing as like a generic anime anymore unless you consider the like a cute boy goes to school and wants a lot to have a lot of girlfriends <laughs> but like even that i don't know i don't know people that watch those shows maybe i just surround myself with cool anime fans but like all, all of the, all of the anime that's out right now is either like really weird or really subversive or just like completely out there and i love it and i want all <laughs> i want everything have you s- have you seen any recent episodes of naruto that's okay. just bad <laughs> that's oh just gosh. so bad <laughs> But no, but there's okay. So that's trash anime. We consider that a different genre. <laughs> that's okay. Like, that's your Bleach. That's your Naruto. That's your uh, One, One Piece. piece. Quick, yes. let me flash back to this thing. This happened an episode ago, and let me just spend this episode on this <laughs> one thing. And the next episode will flash back to me flashbacking to the last episode that we just flashed back to. So I think it might also just be that because like those the people in our age group don't watch that as much. It's like younger kids that watch. I know, but uh, you said all anime. Yeah, you're right. You're call absolutely you out right. on it. Hashtag <laughs> not all anime. Hashtag not all anime. Very good. Uh, we have a new hashtag every episode, by the way. It's really great. Um, <laughs> you gotta stay on brand. <laughs> um, no, I guess just the stuff that I watch and the stuff that I know people I know watch is always like, even when you were talking about Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, like that sounds super out there and weird and interesting, like historical fiction kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to watch Sailor Moon. If we're gonna like say an anime thing, uh, Katie, have you watched Sailor Moon or Ryan? I know actually, I I've know Ryan. S- I've seen a little bit, what? but not a lot. Uh, just over at friends' houses, not really. Right. You know. I used to Katie. watch it when I was like younger, um, but I didn't keep up with it when I got older. Even though I still really like the concept and stuff like that, and I'll be like, "In the name of the moon, I'll punish you," you know, from time to time. But like. You know, it's something I, I want to, like, actually go back and rewatch all of Sailor Moon, which is several hundred episodes in its That's entirety. True. And so I'm just mentally preparing myself for that day because it's a big commitment. So Yeah. I mean, you can watch <laughs> Crystal. It's like three seasons and apparently only some of it is trash. But like it's like the whole first season. <laughs> yeah. But you being <laughs> but you being supposed, according to the books, like a magical girl yourself, you're like, oh, this is just like history class. Right, I'm just like exactly. learning about my, my people. <laughs> very interesting to me, but I already know all these things. That's why I was curious. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that pause. <laughs> you want me to talk about my thing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan didn't let me talk about the thing I wanted to talk about. They said, you can still talk. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no, no. Uh, I'll talk either. I can kind of blend both into one discussion. Uh, so the main thing that I, I'm bringing to the table, the the wood table that we inappropriately put next to the fire uh, <laughs> tonight, <laughs> is the Warcraft movie, uh, which I watched with a friend in the theaters in a matinee a couple days ago. Did from... you see it with John? I did not see it with John. Ooh, wait, what? Our... You, 
you did you not see it with Mr. John Warcraft? Johnny John John Warcraft, the the key a target audience for that film. <laughs> is that are you referencing something that I'm missing or is this You didn't see that Cameron Kunzelman video? Oh no, I didn't. Okay, never mind. Okay. Uh, <laughs> John Warcraft is a great name though. Uh, no, I saw it with uh I don't need to out names. But my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that movie to me was a delight. Uh the, it's it's really subjective because that it's just a big sci not sci-fi it's a big like fantasy cg nonsense lore movie uh that takes place in a universe that is very very important to me and the friend that i watched this film with because we've been playing world of warcraft on and off since we were about 14 years old 13 years old uh so like i've existed in that universe in you know virtually for like so much of my life and just to see moments like this character that who has been referenced in the lore a lot and then to see them on screen like represented by an actor who was then motion captured and put in cg is so thrilling um and i totally get why people like comic book new movies now because you get to see the thing that you like like you get to see the adaptation handled properly that's like the dream of a comic book adaptation uh because i also earlier today actually saw x-men apocalypse which is a bad adaptation of a good thing oh, <laughs> oh no oh What's up? Oh, you want to talk about that later? Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. That movie's not great. But Warcraft is so... Like, it's fun. And it's also it also has, like, things to say. Because it takes place, basically, or it's adapting the events of the first Warcraft uh, strategy game, Warcraft Orcs and Humans. And it's about, basically, these orcs that uh, are tricked by a evil wizard orc named Gul'dan to come to Azeroth, which is, like... Sorry, what? Evil wizard orc. <laughs> Named what? Gul'dan. Oh. Gul'dan. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, Gul- G-U-L apostrophe Dan. <laughs> uh, and Gul'dan's a very naughty... That sounds like an Undertale character. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That'd be spelled differently, but yes. Uh, Gul'dan is ripped, by the way. He's like this hunched-over <laughs> guy, but then they're like, it's time to fight, and he pulls it off, anime style, like he pulls his ropes off, and he's fucking jacked. Pulls it's it so off. Good. I'm imagining a ripped Napsta Blue. That's yeah, sure. Uh Gul'dan's been around, and it, it, what's like brilliant about all of this stuff. I don't need to like get into the whole plot of the movie, but because I think some people should see it if they're interested. But uh, it really, it's like some good ass marketing. That like, a if you're a movie fan, Duncan Jones directed this and worked on the script, and he's a fantastic director, um, and he brings a lot of humanity to these characters that are uh, just computers and. Uh, if you are a Warcraft fan, uh, then it's a lot of fan service. And if you are interested in becoming a Warcraft fan and you watch this film and then you buy the game right now, like you buy World of Warcraft because that's the thing that Warcraft fans are into right now. The expansion that the, that is currently sort of relevant is takes place during the timeline of the movie. It's a, it's a flashback expansion. Of course it does. Yeah. And it's been like that for a year. So everyone's like seen all the content and it's all there for you to, to, to level through with your friends. And you're like, oh, we saw the Warcraft movie. Let's go do this. And the final boss is Gul'dan. So, like, that's... Thanks, John. <laughs> Thanks, John Warcraft. You really came through at the end of the day. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's just... I loved watching it. Like, we were cheering when they showed Stormwind City and they had the griffins in the rookery on the side of Stormwind City. The uh, McElroys were there? <laughs> I'm shitting all over your segment. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. We're being hilarious. It's great. Um... <laughs> I'm just picturing Griffin on, like, his Griffin McElroy's face on a Griffin, like the bird. Like, hey, guys. I'm going to put Amiibos in my mouth. I'm going to put Oh, my gosh. Oh, 
Grooms and Meatball Corner is it's it's real and it's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not my favorite thing. You know what I mean. I'm being told to cut down on the hyperbole <laughs> <laughs> by HR. Uh, what else is there to say about Warcraft? Do you have any? Do y'all have like questions or like things that you want to ask me about the film? I don't know. Uh, what do you What do you think of just like general perception of it? Yeah, because all I've seen is people poo pooing on it. So right, 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 right. Um, as soon as we got out of that film, uh, my friend and I turned to each other and we were like, "That was so fun! Fuck watching that movie if you have no basis for what's going on." Okay. And that's probably that makes... why people just like hate it because it just assumes yeah. too much of you. Um, understanding this like deep weird fantasy lore, uh, and it just is. It's like takes place in the middle of a really important conflict and doesn't explain who anyone is. And you could say a lot of the orcs look the same if you didn't know, for example, that uh, Commander Blackhand is the one who gets his hand cut off and gets it replaced with a black hand. <laughs> Actually, my favorite piece of uh, I don't want to call it criticism, but I'll call it criticism is like somebody went to like a test screening or like a preview screening uh, and somebody got up, yelled, fuck this white shit and walked out. <laughs> It's it's a fair it's a primarily a lot of the human actors are white but there are a decent number of people of color in there like in important roles too uh, and like women are soldiers in the Stormwind army which is just like not at all a thing it just ha- it just exists and I think that's like pretty good because it's accurate to the universe and also uh, pretty progressive um, but I just it's hard to recommend it but I fucking loved it it's so dumb and like. Mm-hmm. There are mo- like the moment, the, mo- the biggest moment at the end where I was like, no one's going to like this scene, but I think it's adorable. Uh, and I'm just going to say names so that y'all can be confused. Uh, Andal- Anduin Lothar goes to King uh, Lane and says, hey, you're going to name your son. What are you going to name him? And he says, I'm going to name him Anduin. And and then he says, are you sure about that? And he goes, no, what if I name him Varian? <laughs> and for me, I'm like, oh, shit, Varian Rin. Oh, my God, he's going to be the King of Stormwind. And it's like, no, wait, what? I don't. Varian. And Anduin, and who's Lothar, and there's also characters that say Loktar, Ogar, and <laughs> the, why are some of the orcs green and some of them are brown? Well, obviously, it's because some of them drank the blood of Gul'dan and then became fell corrupted, but not fell corrupted enough. Like, see, I could totally do this with that universe yeah. and like bury people in in that in that lore. Um, I love it. It's the only. It's like the only currently running fantasy universe that I give a shit about. I usually don't give. Uh, too much credit to like deep fantasy lore that is obsessed with itself but uh, there's just something about Warcraft like as soon as you treat the important characters in that universe like they're just superheroes and not like yeah they're the, whatever he's the king of Stormwind but he also has a gigantic sword like it's anime at the same time <laughs> it's anime plus Lord of the Rings plus uh, ra- uh, racism allegory and all sorts of fun stuff mm-hmm. uh, so I think if I if people are to like take something from all of this, it's like find a, you should find a license in the world that you really like and just enjoy it. Because uh, at this point in this like nostalgia drenched uh, world that we live in, you can if you like something and you give it like five years, it'll get remade, it'll get rebooted, you'll get like ten shows and a comic book. Uh, there is no lore that you cannot fall down a rabbit hole in if you really want to. Speaking of that, uh, X Men. X Men. They ruined my son. <laughs> oh, Nightcrawler? Yeah. He's actually the best thing in that whole movie, goddammit. Is he? Yeah, which is like not great, right? I was gonna say uh Quicksilver? Yeah. Quicksilver, but the thing with Quicksilver is that he gets a cool scene exactly like he did in Days of Future Past. Like the I know, same context. 
Oh. But it's still fun. It's a great scene. He's like the second best in that film. Um, but Nightcrawler has more character. Like Quicksilver is just as, is also like he's goofy, but then at, towards the end he's like, I'm a sad boy. My dad doesn't know I'm his son. <laughs> yeah. I fucking that movie's really frustrating. And uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. I really my favorite character uh, was the cardboard cutout of Olivia Munn yep, that yep, yep. just stood in the same place. Like I'm joking, but like that oh might as gosh. well be the case. Like, holy crap! They hired these people and they just stand around the whole movie. They spent so much money, and I love oh. that Apocalypse gives all of his horsemen a makeover, and the makeovers are like, you get cool armor, you get metal wings, and then for Olivia Munn, it's like you get. A purple streak in your hair and sexy armor, and you're like, "Wait, what? That's not safe. <laughs> That's just what?" Is-? I know. She gets like two lines, like literally two lines. Angel gets more lines than than Psylocke does, and mm-hmm. Angel's not even in that movie that much. They really, especially the Four Horsemen, except for Magneto, uh, they really did not do any. It feels like um, it feels like marketing fan service. Like whereas the Warcraft universe stuff in that movie is like rewarding you for caring about that universe, the X Men movies. Uh, pretty much all of them are just like, hey, remember the thing that you like? There it is on the screen. Look, it's Psylocke, everyone. Psy- right? <laughs> well, Yay, right? And you like the Hunger Games, right? We hope you like the Hunger Games because guess what? <laughs> Mystique ain't going to look like Mystique. Because we need her to look pretty for these test audiences. Ugh. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, so I heard it was because she couldn't actually wear the makeup, but like, wh- it's Mystique. <laughs> What are you doing? Her whole thing. Yeah. Uh, there she goes. I'm go. trying to think of uh, what, what do you think Wolver, what do you, Wolverine? I How hate Wolverine, Wolverine in those movies, and I want them to stop making Wolverine movies. I thought okay. The Wolverine, the 2013 movie, was actually pretty good, but like despite itself, um, and I don't want them to make a third one, but they're going to make a third one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm excited for whatever's next, because they kind of like established the the new kids as being cool. Uh, but they cut out so many of their scenes from the movie. Like, do you know how? Yeah. That, uh, I don't want to like get too into the specifics of it, but like they go to they go to the mall at one point, and then there's like a scene later where they like leave and they're no longer at the mall, and they come back to the mansion. That mall scene was shot, Aww. and they cut it. And I'm like, I want to see them go to the mall and be teens. That's the whole yeah. point. X Men is fifty percent heart, fifty percent soap opera, hundred percent teens. Well, Oscar Isaac's beautiful face was not there. It was under it was under this weird costume. This weird Barney the dinosaur prune monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like those. Exactly. Can I make like a okay? It's kind of it might be random, but like we're talking about X Men, and it's something that's always bothered me about Storm. I'm sorry if this is like too much, but why does Storm like never have like black natural hair? And not I don't mean like the color black. I mean, like, oh my gosh, because, like, in every drawing and everything, she's just got, you know, the straight, like, white people hair. And I'm like, why? Do they explain it? What was the explanation? I'm forgetting. She starts the movie with natural black hair, and then when Apocalypse gives her bonus powers, it also turns her hair white. Oh, fuck me. (laughs) For some reason, Brian Singer is obsessed with explaining why people's hair color changes. Because in the old X-Men trilogy, Rogue only gets the white streak in her hair because she stole Magneto's powers. Uh, everyone. And there's some, like some obsession with hair color. I don't know what it is. But yeah, that's why in the movie, that's how they explain Storm's white hair. It has to do with Apocalypse touching her, I guess. I don't know. Uh. I mean, it's also the texture. Because like, one time I was like, 
looking on stuff and someone was like what if storm actually had you know natural hair like not color wise but like kinky hair and i was like huh does she not ever and i went and looked and she doesn't and i'm like that's that's nice let's let's keep reinforcing that yeah yeah uh i also just want to give lift service to the dumb intro like going through time oh my god that was embarrassing (laughs) that felt like spider-man one level of like check out these motion graphics and then they kept doing that when they were zooming into like the pyramid or whatever they really liked that a lot uh and i also want to give lift service to the soldier stupidly accidentally killing two people with one arrow oh yeah he just accidentally let's go Whoops! Whoops! Ruined the whole, made the whole plot of the movie happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all I got to say I, about that. As as a the biggest X Men fan, uh, those movies are not representative of the good stuff. Uh, you got to read the comics or the TV shows. Evolution is great. I'm gonna actually go back and watch all of Evolution soon. Uh, Wolverine and the X Men, the canceled one season show, is really good. That's on Netflix for people. And the '90s X Men show is really interesting, but kind of corny. So there's good X-Men stuff out there. And yet Brian Singer just keeps getting to make these dumb, boring action fests. And I hate it. And I don't want him to make any more movies ever. See, that's disappointing because I was kind of excited for this one. Cause, like, it's got even... things to like. You can see my son Nightcrawler do great things like teleport all of his friends to the mall. But other than that, ugh. <laughs> Sorry, <you were> saying, <sighs> oh, well, it's just, you know, being in my household... Eli and I are very into like Marvel comics and this was something where we were like, yeah, X-Men. And he was like, I love the apocalypse, uh, you know, theories or whatever. And mm-hmm. he's telling me all about it. And I'm like, oh, this is exciting. And then and then this. So. Poop. Maybe th- whatever. I am hopeful the next one could be fine because it's going to take place in the 90s and. It's going to be like Scott and Jean are actually really good in this movie. The rebooted new universe Scott uh, Summers and Jean Grey uh, are solid. Um, And it's like them plus Nightcrawler plus Quicksilver. That's a good squad to have for a new movie. Uh, But give it to a new director or give it back to Marvel. I just I feel like I've talked about this literally on this podcast before. But (laughs) I'm so tired of my favorite Marvel franchise being handled by uh, people who don't get it. Um, That's why you should watch Warcraft because they get it. Man, Bringing him back. Yeah. Is that it? Yes. Yee. All right. We'll be right back.
we're back, and our shared experience for this episode is the 2015 film Carol, directed by Todd Haynes. Uh, it's basically about a queer couple uh, in the 1950s. Uh, we have Carol, who is going through a divorce, uh, uh, who meets this woman, uh, Therese, uh, who is a cashier at a toy store basically um and they kind of get together and drama ensues uh what did y'all think of this this movie is great (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's really good go on i liked it overall and it made me cry a lot at the end so and in Mm -hmm. like a good and bad way well bad at first but then it was a good way so. <laughs> <laughs> I think this movie sh- proved to me that it's hard for me to do romantic, like romantic, like dramas and stuff. I just, I can't, I, I cry too much. Yep. Oh yep. no! And it's just something about the tone of it that's like inherently makes you invested and emotional. Like, cause it's not, it's, it's, it's partly like the, you know, palette watch twenty sixteen. Uh, like the way everything <laughs> is lit and the colors and and it's like kind of drab in spots, but also very like earthy. Um, and just like ah, oh, where I'm in this world with these people, and it's like very, yeah. it feels like very like you know when you see movies that take place around Christmas, you get a lot of primary colors and a lot of like everyone's wearing cute Santa hats, and like this movie is not that bright visually. Um, it's beautiful, but it's mostly like some low contrast, like really smoky, kind of like Mad Men esque. Like we're in like a cool bar in a restaurant, like, and it gives you that vibe. You're just like I just I want to listen to everything everyone has to say. And, and Carol as a character is so fascinating. Like her way that she is trying to like perform as straight for her, for her ex-husband, but like doesn't want to do that right. anymore. And all of that is so like, I'm, it's so engrossing. Uh, yeah. I really like the like dynamics between all the, I mean, it's a drama. You would hope that all, yeah. all the interactions would be interesting, but uh, yeah, all the stuff with Carol and her husband and the like child custody stuff was fascinating um i felt like a lot of this movie was just like hey fuck dudes like all these men are just trying to tell these women what to do and they're not like not having it uh even the like the shitty like uh private investigator who uh acts as like a salesman oh fuck uh, that guy yeah he's just like hey you want to buy stuff and they're both just like no no way you <laughs> um, so a lot of dudes being like, "Oh, you'll be sorry for you know being with her." Like in two weeks, uh, you'll you, you want to come back to me? Yeah. Uh, see, I thought he was kind of okay up until that scene because you know when she was like, "I don't know what I want." Whenever he was like, "I want to marry you," he was like, "What? Talk to me and stuff." And I was like, "Oh, that's nice." But then after you know she was like, "I'm gonna go on a road trip," he just turned into. <laughs> complete a-hole and i was like i (sighs) boys are dumb (laughs) who's that actor i don't know he's on uh friday night lights he's like the main character on that show he's the coach i think uh like amazing performances all across the board kate blanchett gets this very like mysterious but like i really want to know everything about you and i like love you and I, i see the pain in your eyes and your emotions and the way that you carry yourself like all of that is so uh it's so intense 
And then you have like uh, Rooney Mara's character, who's this very like relatable sort of like quiet and and even and like, has these lines like like what you're gonna say, Ryan? I uh, was like naive, like yeah. sort of. Um, I really, really like the contrast between their two characters. Yeah, those two Me types too. of people they like are perfect for each other because one of them is just inherently interesting, and the other one is in, is constantly like as a photographer, especially always wants to be like looking at you and understanding you and like poking around trying to understand your life. Uh, like they're so good for each other and they're just constantly being pulled apart by the system and <laughs> everything seems like it's going to be fine for a while and then things get really bad and then things get fine <laughs> so that's yeah. the interesting arc of this movie uh, and whoever played Carol's husband did a pretty good job of being an asshole yeah. that dude yeah. I, I like that dude. he fell down a lot that's one thing I noticed <laughs> it's that scene where he falls down and she's like oh no <laughs> yeah Fuck. Like drunk. he falls down in the kitchen or yeah. whatever that one That's time. Kyle and then Chandler, he... by the by the way, for people who care about actors. Mm-hmm. He just Harge. takes a dip, um, you know, out on the front porch thing. Like, why do you keep falling? He's drunk. He's drunk and sad. Every Is time? It... Yeah, constantly. It's the 50s. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um I thought he just fell down a lot or something. Harge is, Harge is great, and I love the name Harge. I want to name all of my kids Harge. Harge. I forgot his name was Harge. It just sounds so harsh. I don't like that name. Harge. Harge. And names are actually a pretty important thing in this movie. Like, uh, is it Therese? Because the, yeah. what I'm getting yeah. at is, like, uh, Carol asks her, like, what her name comes from and why she, she calls herself that. And then she's like, oh, yeah, some people call me Teresa. And uh, her like boyfriend or whatever i think the richard or whatever the one of those characters yeah. calls yeah. her terry and she just like mm-hmm. feels this little bit of like vilification towards him every time he says that like ugh, don't ugh, you're just you're giving me the dumb nickname that i don't want like my name is beautiful for a reason i was given this yeah. name not to be bastardized and turned into like a shortened cute nickname for you to give me and carol uh, is oh, like oh your yeah. name is beautiful like i love your name and stuff like from the get-go and i'm like that's yeah, always right. nice to like for someone to be like, I like what you are, you know. So they make the really good decision of not having Carol be like aloof and not loving in return. Because I think Carol is actually like even just the fact that she buys the train set uh, after hearing that Therese likes trains. Like she is buying it for her daughter, but she's also like in a way taking her, uh, Therese's advice and kind of like buying it, yeah, as respect for her. And being like, oh, I, 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 I like that you said that, and I respect your opinion, and I want to buy this thing because you said it was good. Like, there's yeah. a lot of good listening between the two of them. You could really, because I think it's based on a true story, if I'm not mistaken, or based on a Patricia Highsmith story that's based on a partially true story. Um, mm. Patricia Highsmith, by the way, fantastic writer. If people like uh, mystery stories, I read, I took a detective fiction class recently, and we read a bunch of Patricia Highsmith, and she's really, she writes queer folks really well, um, especially for the '50s. Like, she wrote this book. Uh, in the 50s, uh, the, the Price of Salt, which the title doesn't actually make a lot of sense having just seen the movie, but uh, she's really good. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ryan, I know you were excited to see Carrie Brownstein in this movie also. I... <laughs> for, the, for the two seconds. I wasn't going to pull out the Brownstein until the very end, but I guess we're here. All right, we got an episode <laughs> name. Pull out the Brownstein. Here you go. Oh, <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> it's got to happen now. <laughs> That was a cute. That was good though, because that's kind of like the end of the third act, you know. No, I really liked her cameo as other queer girls. Yep. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Or she's the fourth queer person in this whole movie, pretty much. 
because there's all Sarah Paulson's uh, Abby. Mm-hmm. Uh, would y'all? How did you? Th- what do y'all think of her? She's not in the movie a lot, but she's kind of important. She's uh, she's Carol's daughter's godmother, and Carol's a good friend. And there's mm-hmm. a like presumed relationship in the past between the two of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Sarah Paulson's an amazing actress. Uh, this movie's all about the performances. Like that's the thing we're gonna keep coming back to. It's, mm-hmm. it's such an actor's movie, and that's why it got nominated for so many Oscars. It's it's the type of film that relies on the way everything looks and the atmosphere and the acting. Those are like the three right. big things. Because um, you know it starts out just kind of weird. Like there's like a taxi, and then uh, Teresa's boyfriend is like leaving someplace, and you're like, I don't know. This is a very non-traditional way to start a movie, but it's all about the vibe at the end right. of the day. This movie is full of vibes. A lot of the <laughs> movie was filmed like, um, I don't know what you would call it, but it's in the spaces where, you know, people are just traveling or just going to do something instead of like actually having, you know, substance. And I don't mean to say it in that way. I just mean it is in like, you know, sometimes there's not a lot of dialogue and right. you're looking at these visuals, which honestly reminded me of like memories um just the way that they were presented it looks like you know fuzzy nostalgia how you would think of stuff in the past um it's got kind of to me it has like this like bottle green tint to it Mm -hmm. and i always thought it was neat how it relied a lot on um that imagery instead of just straight up dialogue and interactions between two characters at all times so it's it's all in the looks, and I'm sorry I don't want to keep like taking all of the discussion, but like it's all uh, the quiet looks. Like even when Teresa's at the store and she's like watching Carol across the room for the first time, it's just this like smoky like I'm just gonna stare at you because you're gorgeous. Like it conveys so much with just eye contact and like oh, I love it. I freaking like I love that subtlety in movies like this. You don't get enough of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like their relationship a lot. I think it's really important to have good queer representation in film and in this type of film like you know historical fiction because uh, we don't want to keep putting out movies about the 50s and ignore the fact that there were queer folk like living uh, in America and not being allowed to express themselves uh, the way that other romantic films of the time got to do that like all of these straight relationships about like the ma- like Casablanca and all of that stuff like, this movie kind of feels like a queer 1950s romance movie mm-hmm Ryan, I'm curious what else you liked about this movie because you were the one who kind of like pushed us to watch this one, kind of. Uh, no, I don't want to say I pushed. You forced See, me. I you thought it was me. Or no, it was you. It was Katie. But I'm just. I want to hear what Ryan has to say about the movie also because I feel like I've talked a lot and I like. Ryan. Uh, first of all, we got a list I mentioned earlier, but a lot of people sent in some stuff. True. Uh, I want to give shouts to the guy who recommended Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> Top Gun is the gayest movie of the 80s. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> uh, I don't actually know how much I have left to say about this movie. It was just, for me, it was just one of those movies. It's like, yep, the, aesthetically, it's incredible. Uh, the acting is really good. Uh, I just thought it was pretty straightforward. Uh, I don't know. I wish it's in the 50s. I wish it wasn't white, but, you know, that's... Yeah. So what happens? That's kind of what I thought too. Sometimes I wonder, like, is historical accuracy like that important? You know what I mean? 
Well, and I mean, when it comes to like race and stuff like that, I mean, I understand <laughs> like if it's used as, I guess, like if we're talking about race, you know, like, oh, this was what happened. But I mean, it's not, I don't know. I wouldn't have minded seeing black people. Well, the thing is, like, the cast is entirely white, and they were people, black people existed in the fifties. People of color existed in the fifties. Like, what are you, what are you doing? I, mean, yeah. I was just talking about how this movie's good because it reminds us that there were queer queer romances in the fifties, yeah. but like, were there not people of color in the fifties? I also think it's it's partly because these are affluent white people, and uh, you know. They were affluent people of color in the 50s, but it's just that's like the story they were trying to tell. I don't know. I mean, the yeah. single black person in the movie was like a servant, serving person. So, because mm. yeah, I, right. mm. I was specifically looking for that the entire movie because I was like, I wonder what they're going to do with race here. Only saw one black yeah. girl and she was like giving food on a dish and like a maid outfit. And I was like, nice. Mm. Not nice, Fun. but nice. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay, let's ask, let me ask you guys this, or y'all this, like, when, what's, sorry, what scenes did y'all cry at? Uh, I, <laughs> this is so stupid. I cried when she gave her, like, the record, because I'm like, man, I want someone to give me yep. a record. Yep. That's <laughs> a really romantic gift. God damn it. I don't want this to turn into Ryan Lonely Hour. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I actually yeah. held it together until the end. Um, whenever, like, Carol asked Therese to move in with her and Therese said no, I cried. I was like, you can both see that they're hurting. They're very <laughs> clearly hurting in different ways. And, like, I want, obviously, I want them to be together. And I was like, no! I was the only one, like, awake at that time and the only one remaining to watch the movie, so... I was like, why? Why would you say no, you fool? And like, <laughs> then basically it was just like silent tears because I was dwelling on those emotions until the end. And then like, because I, I thought like, you know, she said no. And like, that was going to be it, you know? But then like, you know, she leaves that one party and goes to see Carol. And then when they saw each other, I just cried all over again. And I like, <laughs> I sat through the credits just crying. And then I... Went in the bedroom and Eli, I woke Eli up and he was like, what's wrong? And I was like, it's sad. (laughs) But like happy sad. Beautiful movie made me cry. (laughs) It wasn't even, it wasn't that stuff that made me cry. It was more just like uh, Carol and uh, Therese just, you know, hanging out and being cute, I guess. Mm -hmm. Gals being pals. Uh, (laughs) The movie. They're they're good friends. Friendship goals. They're, just, They're just really good friends. We'll have sex in this movie. And that's like one of the very very classy sex scenes, I will say. Uh it's very like romantic, you know? It's not like a horny ass sex scene. It's just like at least there are two people in bed just kind of smushing. <laughs> smushing together. Smushing. smushing and smooshing. That's my autobiography. Um <laughs> uh, I will I guess uh, the one thing I will say about the sex scene is I really love uh the line that Carol has when they undress and she says like I like I've never looked like that yeah 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 Yeah. they've never looked like that before yeah I like that too actually it's I just the connection between the two of them is like so perfect um the scene that got me the most I I wouldn't say I cried but I definitely like got some strong emotion like I I got that like thing in your throat where you're like here it comes 
uh, was when Carol's talking to the lawyer and she just in a couple in the span of a couple oh, seconds yeah, comes to understand yeah. how systematic oppression works and she's like oh no the legal system doesn't work this none of this is in my favor this isn't gonna go my way and it's not my fault and I'm just I'm fucked this isn't even fair like what the yeah. hell where they're just like oh you're doing all this like you know inappropriate behavior and she's like what do you mean in a- oh fuck I smooched a lady <laughs> that's not yeah. inappropriate favor that's adorable and yeah just to like see society tell you that your way of like your basic because they never they don't spend a lot of this movie like with them uh i don't know how to, i don't know how to describe what i'm trying to say but it never makes it seem like it is a romance that shouldn't happen or like it's like forbidden or like this is this is awful it's just like well society thinks this but you the viewer are clearly like this is great this is a good thing that should be happening right it immediately assumes that if you're watching this, you would want them together. Yes. It's not like, oh, is this bad? Like, that's not what this movie's about. Yeah. Which I thought was a really refreshing take on it, actually. Mm. And they hammer that home, too, when Therese is having the conversation with her boyfriend or her friend or whatever. And she's like, oh, what if? What do you do if, like, a guy kisses a guy or, like, likes a guy? And he's like, right. you know, there's all, whenever something like that happens, there's something else behind it. And it's like, I've heard that exact rhetoric in regards right. to any, like queer relationships where it's like it's clearly a political thing and you're like no you don't <laughs> and then you don't talk to that person ever again you throw them out the window well, great. yep delete on facebook solid chat block block no chats i really like the scene between carol and harge uh <laughs> where they're where harge is convincing her to uh go with uh him and uh their daughter uh to wherever they're going i don't remember where they're actually, but it was like that. Was big, it like, like Florida? Kinda, yeah, with Florida. Yeah, uh, it was like that big fight uh, scene, and Teresa is like turning up the jukebox. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. they're fighting outside. I really like that scene. She's like, should I? Do I do anything? They're like, no, you're doing fine. You're fine. Don't leave. Uh, what a movie! What a beautiful movie! It was a real. It's really refreshing after view for Vendetta. Also, <laughs> I was like glad. Yeah. We hit our mark with this one. It made me really. Emotional in a good way, and happy. A lot of dudes being dumb, and assuming that every woman is an object. Yep. Yep. Uh, I know what's best had... for you. Do you Sorry? know? That's a lot. No, like, oh, that's yeah. a line that gets uttered like essentially a lot. Is like, I know what's best for you. You don't know what's best for you, and you're like, what? That's not. Ooh, bigotry is real. <laughs> yeah. And it's coming from inside the house. Oh, that scene where. Uh... Hard. I'm gonna just say it like this. Hard. I'm gonna say it like that every time now. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, goes to that house and he's just like, uh, the like the way the scene ends is just like I love her, and then the lady's just like I can't help you with that. I can't yeah, I know. Help you. <laughs> so good. I can't help you with that. But he was just so creepy though. Hard was because he'd be like, mm, you smell good. I was like, I. Please never, nobody ever come at me like that. I, <laughs> don't ever, don't at me. Uh, <laughs> Harsh is like, he will never get over his bigotry. Like, he's going to die sad and lonely. I almost saw a future, maybe, for Teresa's friends where they, be, they like, kind of start to get it. Because they're young enough and they're growing up in a time where that stuff is... I don't know. That journalist dude was just like, yo, I invited you here. Let's go. Well, the other thing is, like, the journalist dude should have known that 
she was kind of with Richard or whatever anyway. Yeah. Even without Carol in the picture, like, come on, boy. What are you doing? I ask my, every time I check the internet, that's what I do. I go, come on, boy, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? I forget. Oh, I was going to say, um, if this movie focused on those guys, you could totally see it being like a like a pro, or like an anti-Carol's Carol's relationship kind of movie. Like you would see like, a, oh, like the girl that I love is being taken by a woman, but it's not that movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's so much better. Good, good movie. Good flick. Solid good flick. Good movie. It ends yes. on a nice positive note. That looks what I appreciate. And then the black, like I was just I watched this right before we started recording and both of y'all are on the call and I'm like, and then it's gonna cut. Yes, it cut. It's like a <laughs> slam dunk victory of a of a move. Oh my god. Because basically Carol is at dinner and Therese comes in after being like, I'm gonna go to this party, and then she goes, Fuck this party with Carrie Brownstein at it. I'm leaving. And then which <laughs> I wouldn't leave. But she goes and she sees Carol and they like look at each other, smile, and then cut to black. Yeah. Magnifique. I really like Carrie Brownstein's cameo because all she does is she like the camera focuses on her as she comes in and then she hits on Therese and then that's it. Yep. <laughs> like, She's got a cute though, outfit. It's, it's important to remind you that, that like it's not just the two of them. There are other No, people. yeah, no, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, yeah. Also like Slater King is my favorite band too, but like I like how she a, a, a queer actress who isn't usually in movies just made a cameo as a queer woman. I think this was her first film, like cinematic role. Well, she's in Transparent. No, a I movie mean about, about a movie. transgender parent. Yeah, that classic show on Amazon. Transparent. That classic <laughs> show. The on cl- Amazon. classic. Uh, we're gonna talk about more Amazon shows, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, it's, it's the first movie she's ever been in. <laughs> I'm gonna put Transparent. On works disgust. I hope you know that. You, you, no, <laughs> please no. No, it's here. Instead, any any uh. property that's been said is going on the list. <laughs> okay. The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just Family Guy, South Park. No, go. Oh my gosh. gosh. Katie got one. You can have, you can have one that can get added to the works disgust list. Oh God, Bojack Horseman. There you go. <laughs> Wow, what a list. We weren't even... Okay. Okay. I, don't, I really don't like that show. I'm just going to say that right now. But I, that's just I tried to watch it, but I didn't. I couldn't I get into it. I hear it gets it. really good and, like, super real. Mm. I'm not around. I'm Netflix show in the next month or so. It's going to be Orange is the New Black, and that's it. Yeah, same. Is that it for Carol? I feel like we've got most of what we wanted to say We're talking there. about Netflix shows at this point. I think we've, we've run this <laughs> beautiful film for all it's worth to us in this discussion today cool uh we got some questions uh i'm gonna do the toughest one first uh this one comes from jackson uh jackson wants us to improvise the characters (laughs) premise and the pilot episode of the interestings so like i guess i am assuming that the plot information for the interestings is somewhere out there (laughs) we're not gonna look it up we're not going to look it up. No, not at all. Uh, for context, I should probably post this image somewhere. Uh, there is an Amazon show that you can vote to be made called The Interesting. Yeah, the pilot exists already, but you can vote to get it made a full series. Okay. Uh, and it's 
just a picture of white people laying in grass. It's just white people laying. So what do we think the interestings? What is this show? Um, Well, John, interesting. No, I don't. mm. (laughs) Kevin, interesting. They were wearing fancy clothes, so I'm assuming they're all pretty rich. Yeah, they look like affluent Uh, white people here. Yeah. And Kevin and Christina Interesting move into a new town. It was called Interestington. And uh, everyone there is, like, really fascinated by them. And they get invited to a party hosted, of course, by Doug Interesting and uh, <laughs> uh, his partner, Kelly Interesting. And uh, they just drink expensive alcohol. And they talk about uh, the jobs that they have and how easy it is to get a job and uh, how nice it is to be white. And they're all really fascinated by uh, how they have one token uh, person of color friend um, whose name is like Steve. It's just Steve. And he doesn't get, they don't get to call him interesting, but he's actually the best character on the show. It's the interesting. It seems like one of those shows where everybody has a secret and everybody has their own lives. One of them's probably secretly gay. This This is definitely like a love triangle show. Oh, yeah. Hang on who's a second. getting with who? Moving to a it's new a city. It's a love hexagon. There's six people, and they're all in the same thing. So I assume they're mm-hmm. all involved. Um, my uh, privilege is coming from inside the house. I want, I want this show to be them thinking that they're super interesting when they're not. They're just mm. awfully boring normal people. Ooh, I or, like that. or it's just them, uh, and everybody else is super uninteresting. <laughs> This is a dumb name for a show. Uh, indeedy. It is. <laughs> Can I? Oh my god, I read the sentence. I read the one sentence summary. Can I read it now, now that we've done this? Please. Yeah, I know what the interesting it. actually is. We were kind of yeah. close. <laughs> <laughs> a group of teenagers meet at an arts camp and become lifelong friends. Wow, there we go. <laughs> That's it. That's the interesting. Good. That is literally the whitest thing. We went to summer camp. We went to art school art, camp. Art summer camp. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we're all we all like each other a lot. The cast looks pretty good. Whatever. <laughs> the they look friendly. Yeah. Jessica Pare. That one guy, <laughs> David Crumholtz. He's in things. Crumholtz. Sorry. Go on. All right. Another question from M. Please, P L Z, tell <laughs> us your. You are mm-hmm. uh, games mm-hmm. capital G. Uh, the S is replaced with a Z. Good, good, good. good. All right, so game of going strong. Three. Can I answer first? Sure. My games is um, <laughs> naked Empreg, Norman Reedus and oily baby Deadfish Beach game. <laughs> Norman Reedus and the Funky Fetus. <laughs> Oh my god! That's not even my fucking joke. (laughs) I was like, that's too good. Holy shit. My gom gom of of the E-E-E is uh, (laughs) the cute ace boy uh, runs away from people and climbs up mountains and it's just Skyrim, but it's Nintendo. Uh, What is it? Horizon Zero Dawn, I think is the name. That's my my game of E3. Ryan, what about you? 
I was gonna ask, I was gonna answer this seriously. Oh, oh, rip! I'm so sorry. Oh my god, my bad. Whoops. <laughs> no, it's okay. I just wasn't. I didn't prepare a joke answer. Uh, the one where she's wearing uh, tribal shit, but she's still white. Actually, her eyes. But it's on. okay. But it's okay because she's in the feature, even <laughs> though there's no people of color in that demo. What the fuck? <laughs> Why is nobody... People are calling it out, but not anybody in game sites, really. Ugh. I was also excited for the new Skyrim. The remaster. remaster. A bunch of people are poo-pooing on it, but I really liked Skyrim. And it looks like it's going to be pretty, so... I think a lot of people are poo-pooing on it because you can probably almost make the PC version of that game look that good. Yeah, I mean... But, like... You're gonna buy that on PS4 and Xbox One. That's where that game is being. That's where that remaster is being marketed, at least. E. Also, not everyone wants to get into modding. Uh, I guess. Oh uh, well, you get the remaster for free if you have it on PC. Really? So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, word. There you go. I didn't know that. Cause like, let me Good tell news. you about some mods. I have over 400 Skyrim mods Jeez. on my current Skyrim. And let me <laughs> just tell you. What have to do with anime? I can't believe your game is not just broken. Um, sometimes it breaks. Sometimes it doesn't. You have to like look at compatibility issues. But it takes a really long time to update all of them if you don't play for a long time and then you decide to play again. So it's just nice to like have what I would have modded it to be without, you know, 400 mods. Mm-hmm. So, I'm I... excited. Yeah. I guess if we're doing a serious answer, uh, The Last Guardian has a date now, and it's October, and I want to play it. Because I just finished reading a book, uh, Nick Sutner's Boss Fight books on Shadow of the Colossus, and it reminded me that that company um, has done some of the most creative, unique things in gaming in, like, a long time, and I'm ready to cry about my beautiful bird, rat, dog partner, (laughs) whose name is My beautiful bird, rat. (laughs) Bird, rat, dog partner. Uh, My serious answer was that David Cage game. Detroit? Because I like Beyond Two Souls, and I'm at least curious to see what that game is. Uh, That's the only thing I can think of. There's like no games that take place in Detroit. I think that's a great setting for a game. I will. I highly doubt it'll use a lot. Utilize it. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Or it'll try to and be like super awkward and, and European about it. Like, Mm-hmm. Uh, still kind of want to play Persona, but like I could have told you that before. I did, actually didn't even look up any of the E3 footage, so uh, that's still this year, whatever. right? That's next year, Ooh. February Valentine's oh, Day. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. My favorite E3 game of the year are all the dumb press conferences. Uh, and Austin Walker making a new video game site. Those are my games that's of E3. My, that's our games of E3. <laughs> One more question uh, from Sean. A bounty of riches that is gone. This one is directed mostly towards me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the last case you worked on? Sorry, I'm messing this up. What was the last taco case you worked on, detective? <laughs> David, do you know why I chose this name? Do you guys know? No. I know that you worked at Taco Bell at one point. I worked yeah. at Taco Bell, uh, and then I was like, I need a new username because I don't care i didn't care about my last one at all right. kind of outgrown it uh i just kind of slapped two words together <laughs> i was like well i worked at taco bell uh what's a funny name 
that I can come up with. Uh, I also came up with this name in the shower, and I was like, ooh, I gotta see if that's taken, and it wasn't, so it's mine now. Uh, even though I don't really eat tacos that much. I had an enchilada for the first time today. I just want to say that. Thank you. I like burritos more than tacos. Me yes. too. I had a burrito a couple days ago. Yeah, that's the good shit. Get some brown rice, yeah. get some brown beans. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Delicious. Y'all want to get burritos after this? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just... Uh, the, last, uh... the last case I worked on was two years ago when I worked at Taco Bell. <laughs> so. You didn't answer the question, though. Yes, I did. How many? Oh, it was when was the last... Oh, oh, oh. You just... You literally just answered it. I'm a bad listener. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I named... I, get, I got a username that was, like, kind of similar naming conventions. But you're mm-hmm. not on the internet. I know, but this was my old username. I don't use it anymore. This is when you used to be jacked into the Matrix. E. It was Krypton Boxcar. Whoa. Krypton is K-R, which is my initials. Uh-huh. And then Boxcar, because it's a word. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's <laughs> good. But yeah, that's basically a detective is a thing. It'll sound funny if you put it next to Taco. <laughs> Yeah, I've never been able to have like a good. I've never come up with a good alias that's not just my name or a variation of my name. It's hard. Yeah. It's really difficult. And then you find one and then it's taken everywhere, and you're like, "Well, no joke is original." Yeah. Is that it? Before we <laughs> move on to housekeeping, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, housekeeping stuff. Uh, I want to thank uh, Brenna, Callum, and Destiny for sharing the last episode. You can send in questions and comments at firesidefriendspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow and rate us on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. Uh, I still don't know if you actually rate on Stitcher or Google Play. I'm just going to keep saying it. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter at podcastfireside. Uh, Alan, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me... Uh, I always try to come up with a dumb joke, and now it's hard. Uh, you can find me. You can find me failing to make good jokes on Twitter.com/slash Alan Ibrahim, spelled A L L E N I B R A H I M. That's it. Move recovery. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Talk Detective, as we have discussed. Uh, Talk Detective. The, the, the. Sorry, I also just did like a Beavis and Butthead laugh there. By the way, I was like, Detective.com. It's mix actually. I think that's it that I have to plug for now. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, good luck out there. Uh, and don't forget to take care of yourself. See you.